The following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Jesus Christ. For more information or other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 4, verse 19. Romans chapter 4, verse 19. You know, I, I spent the last few weeks kind of talking about the signs and the behaviors and the fruit um, that are showing up in our lives so that we can become more aware when we're not living our lives in alignment with the Word of God. We, we have to understand that there's a, there's a um, God has given you and I free will, so He's not going to make us live life the, in the abundant life that He's called us to. He's not going to make you be blessed. Now, no matter what, as a follower of Jesus Christ, just because you're in Christ, you're going to live a, at some level a blessed life. The, the real question is is how blessed do you want to be how blessed do you want to walk in and just so you know you if you're wondering pastor richie do you p- preach a bless me gospel absolutely it's a lot better than a curse me gospel amen because the gospel is the good news so being broke ain't good news being sick ain't good news all right now i know we live in a fallen world and we are beaten down by things that happen in the fallen world, but what we want to learn how to do is get ourselves in alignment and flow with God, to walk with God. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are followers of Jesus Christ. We're not followers of our own way. We're not followers of our own opinion. We're not followers of what culturally is popular right now. We are followers of Jesus Christ. So what we want to learn how to do is recognize behaviors in our life when they're not in alignment with the Word of God. You can normally tell because there's fear there. There's depression there. There's anxiety there. There's unforgiveness there. But when you're walking in the pattern that God has for you, what you're going to discover is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, even while you're driving in traffic, goodness, faithfulness. Some of you weren't sure about that. Gentleness, self-control. These things start showing up in your life. It doesn't mean that they're there perfectly But they start showing up in your lives. So what we've got to learn how to do is, first of all, keep our eyes on Christ. We want to always be looking to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that it's because of you that I'm saved today. It's because of you that I'm the righteousness of God. And we want to look at Christ to see who we are in Christ. We don't want to look at who we are all the time by focusing on us. We want to understand who we are in Christ, that you are a blood-bought, redeemed child of God, that you're more than a conqueror. The Bible says that you're the head and not the tail, that you're blessed going in and you're blessed coming out. We want to know who we are in Christ Jesus. So when those things are not happening in my life, I want to make some adjustments, if you will, to get myself in alignment with the promises of God. If you understand that, say amen. amen. Listen. Because all of us, every one of us here today, have some things that are happening in our life. Sometimes they're good things. I love it when the good things are happening in our lives. Sometimes it's the bad things. And all of us have things happening in in our lives. The problem is not normally that we have things happening in our lives. The problem is our response to the things that are happening in our lives. See, God created you. You're created in the image of God. You, therefore, have creative power. You really do. You have a proactive nature inside of you that when something happens to you, you get to choose your response to the thing that's happening to you. We're not like the animal kingdom that just out of instinct we react. You have the ability to respond in any way that you choose to respond. So typically it's our response to the things that are happening to us that create the most problems in our life. Because when something happens in our lives, let me list a few, stress at work. 
Any of y'all ever have stress at work? Stress in your family, relationship issues, you have financial problems, you have health issues. It calls for us to respond. We naturally respond. Sometimes it's an emotional response. Sometimes it's a verbal response. We start speaking many times the wrong thing. Sometimes it's a physical response. We have something happen and we just, we get angry, we get mad, we fight. We get thrown in jail. Just like Paul and Silas, we get her, come out of jail. Thank you, Jesus. So there are different ways that we respond to life's challenges. The question for all of us is what kind of an outcome do you want in your life? What kind of an outcome do you want? If, if we want a good outcome, if we want a positive outcome, if we want a godly outcome, it is going to be based on the response that we have to the challenge. How we respond is going to determine the outcome. See, a lot of times we don't understand understand that it's our response that has birthed the direction of our current outcome something happened to us we became fearful and anxious let's just say we got hurt by somebody anybody ever been hurt by somebody and suddenly we would draw from people and suddenly we're feeling lonely we're, we're feeling sad and depressed and wondering why we don't have relationships and friends. The problem is that at some point when something happened to us, some challenge came into our life, our response to that has birthed a direction for the outcome in our lives. So we want to learn how to respond to whatever is going on in our life in a way that produces a good, a positive, and a godly outcome. We want to learn how to respond. So I want to look at the life of Abraham and Sarah today. And, and because here's the deal. It's a faith response that produces in our life a good, a positive, and a godly outcome. Let me say that again. It's a faith response. What's faith? It's the substance of things hoped for even before the evidence of the thing is seen. It's a faith response that produces a good, a positive, and a godly outcome in our lives. Here's why. The finished works of Jesus are the finished works of Jesus. They're, they're completed. They're done. Jesus has already done and provided everything that we will ever need. So we are not working or performing to try to get him to do something. Because can I tell you, even our prayer life can become self-effort. God, I'm going to pray because if I pray long enough or if I read my Bible, if I read my Bible enough, God, then you're going to do something for me. Listen, God has already done everything for you. He's already provided everything for you. See, and if we don't understand that, sometimes we're afraid to ask God for things because we don't want to have God ask God to make him get up off of his throne. God, could you provide healing for my life? All right, well, I was sitting on the throne, but let me... I guess that doesn't quite sound right. I was sitting on my golden throne. Watch for lightning coming out of heaven. I'm sitting, he's sitting on the throne and then he has to get up. He has to cross the throne room of God, go into the area of healing and say, do I have any healing for God? He has already provided for us everything that we need. So everything that you and I need for life and for godliness is already done. You are the healed. You are the prosperous. You are the delivered. You are whole. You are that right now. You're not going to be one day as a follower of Jesus Christ. You are that right now. Now, some of you have a hard time believing that. In fact, 
isn't it amazing how quickly we can believe one moment and be doubtful the next minute? We have a hard time believing that, especially when the manifestation of what we're praying for has not shown up in our life yet. So we have to learn how to cooperate with God to understand that it's a finished work. We have to learn how to cooperate with God through faith. Just so you know, it's not through feelings. It's through faith. Faith is the password. You know, if you get onto my computer, you've got to have a password to get into my computer. You get into my house, you've got to have a password to get into my house. Literally, I've got one of those little things you open up the thing. Some of your areas of work, to get into those areas of work, you've got to have a password. Listen, faith is the password to get into all that God has already provided for us. What's faith? It's the substance of things hoped for, even when the evidence of the thing is not seen yet. But if we keep living by how we feel or by what we see, we will never operate in faith. We keep thinking, oh, I'll do it. I'll believe you, God, when I see it. It's not how it works in the kingdom of God. You believe it, and then you'll see it in the kingdom of God. So we've got to believe that Jesus has already completed it. We're just cooperating with him. It's like when you go fishing at the lake. Any fishermen here today? When you go fishing at the lake, the fish are already in the lake. I don't think most of you take fish, throw them out, and then try to catch them, right? The fish are already in the lake. So you cast your line to take out what is already in the lake. You casting your line into the lake doesn't have anything to do with you putting fish in the lake. They're already there. You're casting a line to take possession of what is already there. That's what faith does. It is casting a line to take possession of what is already there. But we have to believe. Easy word to say, a lot more challenging to do. We have to believe and we have to receive. God, I believe in your goodness. God, I believe how, how much you love me. God, I believe that even though I messed up this week, you're still for me. You're still desiring to bless me. We've got to believe. So your response, now just so you know, I'm not talking about self-effort again. I'm not talking about you going to go back and I'm going to struggle, I'm going to hunker down, I'm going to make stuff happen. You know, I, I shared several weeks ago that illustration of about a, a tree producing fruit. It does not strain to produce the fruit. It just abides in the vine. We stay connected to Christ and we start producing fruit. So again, you're going to have to understand that it's your response that is going to determine the outcome. And it's going to be a faith response that produces a good outcome. So are we going to operate in a faith response or are we going to respond in doubt, in fear, and unbelief? Now, here's a part that's pretty exciting. You get to choose your response. You get to choose your response. In fact, let me let you know, you are choosing your response all the time. You're choosing how to respond all the time. You don't always get to choose the things that happen to you. You don't always get to choose the things that happen around you. But you get to choose your response to the things that are happening to you. And you get to choose your response to the things that are happening around you. So we need to pay attention to how we are responding in life and be willing to change areas where we aren't responding right. Can I tell you today, this is why you should be in a connect group. This is why you should be in close relationship with some people in your life. So that when you don't recognize the, the negative things that you're saying, 
How many of you recognize we don't recognize it typically what we're saying? We're saying that, oh, it's never going to work out. Oh, my goodness, we're always going to be sick. We have, I know some people that their, their mom is always telling them about the generational curses that are on them. So they keep saying, you're going to have this, you're going to have this. And they're like, no, 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 I'm not going to have it. We don't recognize a lot of times when we're saying wrong things. But imagine if you had people in your life that loved you and said, hey, you need to be careful what you're saying because your response is creating a negative outcome. Get some people speaking in your life. So how are we going to respond when people around you have a bad attitude? Well, I'm going to have a bad attitude too. They're going to do it, I'm going to do it, right? How, how are you going to respond when people aren't treating you right? How are you going to respond when there's a, a moment of lack in your life? How are you going to respond when you're not feeling very well? How are you going to respond when you're dealing with some tough issues in your life? Your response, catch this today, is going to determine your outcome. Your response is going to determine your outcome. In fact, your response is going to determine whether or not the finished works of Jesus Christ are showing up in your life. We think that God's withholding. He's not. He's saying, receive it. I've got it all available. I've already done it. I already paid the price. I died a bloody and horrible death that you might know me, that you might understand all that's in me today. I, by the stripes that I bore on my back, I have brought healing into your life. So receive from me all that I've already provided for you. Well, Pastor Richie, is it really that simple? Yes, it is. So simple to intellectually understand, but much more difficult to walk out in our lives. So how you are responding is going to determine your outcome. It's not the devil. Now, the devil's the creator of all evil, but the devil is not determining your outcome. See, there was a little boy once that kept getting in the mud, and he told his mom, uh, look, the devil keeps pushing me in there. Well, when, she said, when the devil tells you that, you tell the Satan, get behind me, Satan. So he got up next to that mud puddle, of course, jumped in again, got home, and his mom said, I thought I told you not to jump in the mud puddle. He goes, I told Satan to get behind me, and he pushed me in. <laughs> we want to blame the devil. It's not the devil. The devil is a defeated foe. Listen, as a child of God, you're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from a position of victory. He's a defeated foe. He is not determining your outcome. It's your response that is determining your outcome. And the, if there's anything that the devil does have to do with it, he's got to get you in doubt, fear, and unbelief so chaos keeps showing up in your life. So what we're going to do today is we're going to learn how to change. How many of you are ready to change some areas of your life? Because you're tired of the negative junk showing up in your life, and you're ready to see some positive things show up in your life. You're ready to see some good things show up in your life. You're ready to see some godly things showing up in your life. So we're going to change the way we're responding, and we're going to walk out of here differently. And what's going to happen is we're, because we're changing our thought process and our response our outcomes are going to start changing. It's going to be awesome. So if you've got your Bible there, let's look at this passage in Romans chapter 4, verse 19. This is where Abraham had been told by God that he was going to have a son, and he is going to name that son Isaac. See, the problem was is that there were circumstances in their lives that were a challenge to the promise. That happens to us all the time. By his stripes, I'm healed. Why on earth is my elbow bothering me? My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Then why am I in a position of lack right now in my life? There was a challenge to the promise that was operating in his life. The, the first challenge is they were old. All right? They're, they're going to have a son. 
and they're old. So just to put this in a framework of understanding, this is pre-pharmaceutical days. Y'all picking up what I'm laying down? So also, Sarah's womb was dead. So how do you respond when you get a word that you're going to have a child when you're nearly 100 years old? Right? Sarah laughed. I don't know if she was laughing and, oh my God, at this age, or, oh my God, is that really true? Right? Sarah laughed. How do you respond to, correctly to a promise when the situation is contrary to the promise so that you get a positive outcome? Well, I'm glad that you asked. Romans chapter 4, verse 19. It says this, and this is talking about Abraham, and not being weak in the faith, he did not consider his own body. Notice that, not being weak in the faith. Sometimes, unfortunately, as Christians, we think it's just about fire insurance. I talked about this a little bit last week. It's just all about getting in, and I want to make heaven. Listen, God wants you and I to not be weak in the faith. Well, what does that mean? Well, faith comes by hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing the word of God. That's how faith begins to grow up in us. So he was not weak in the faith, and watch this, he did not consider his own body. So here's the first thing that we need to understand. What you consider most is probably the thing that is going to happen. Say that again. What you consider most is probably the thing that is going to happen. What do I mean by consider? Well, the dictionary defines consider as to think carefully about, to, to dwell on, to contemplate, to reflect upon. If you consider the problem more than you consider the prob- promise, then the problem is more likely to show up than the promise. Are y'all all understand what I'm saying? Abraham did not consider the problem. He did not consider his own body or the deadness of Sarah's womb, which was the problem. You're going to have to consider the promise more than you consider the problem. So the question for you and I today is what are you considering the most? Think about it just a second. Problem comes up. What are you considering the most? The problem? The situation? How it looks? Or God's promise? What are you worrying about? Some of you think worry is a spiritual gift. I'll let you know it's not. Worry really is unbelief. Worry is when you spend all your time considering all of the bad things that might possibly happen. And some of you, again, think that worry works because most of the things you worry about never happen. When the doctor says you're sick, you need to consider the promise, Isaiah 53. And by his stripes, we are healed. Is it saying we're going to be healed? We might be healed. There's a possibility we'll be healed. It says that we are healed. We need to consider the promise more than we consider the sickness. When, when you have lack in your life and all of a sudden you get a bill and you're, you're freaking out or you're going, man, what's going on in the economy? When you have these things, consider the promise, Philippians 4, and my God shall supply all your need. Those are two verses you probably should be writing down. My God shall supply all your need. Listen, I didn't say God will supply all your wants. All your need. Sometimes we want things that are not good for us. So God is not going to supply all of us. Now he supplies some of our wants. Aren't you thankful for that? The way the blessing of the Lord comes. Don't you sometimes as a follower of Christ just have to pinch yourself because the amazing thing that God's doing in your life 
God will supply all your needs. We've got to consider the promise more than we consider the problem. And see, for most of the body of Christ, except when we're in church, we consider the problem more than we consider the promise. If you need to slide your toes back underneath your chair, you're more than welcome if I'm stepping on those today. Because we do. We get in here and we're so filled with faith. Oh, yes. Kumbaya. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm a more than conqueror. Come out, walk out of the parking lot. Somebody's mean to us. God, what's happening? Have you left me again? Right? So we got to make sure that we're not just in here considering the promise. We've got to consider it all the time. And if you keep considering the problem more than the promise, then you're going to get the problem as the outcome, not the promise. I'm telling you, it's powerful. Again, we choose our response. Romans 4:19, and not being weak in the faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. So listen, we see the problems. Just so you, you're wondering, Pastor Richie, are, are you just kind of oblivious to the problems around you? Absolutely not. I see problems in my life. I see problems when, when I've got a, a leak in my house. I see problems when my truck breaks down. I see problems in my life. But I'm not going to consider the problems. I'm going to consider the promise that God is the one supplying my need, that because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm all in with God, meaning I've surrendered all my stuff to God, so it's God's truck. It's God's house. It's God's stuff. So I just have to go to him and say, God, hey, our house is broken down. Your house is broken down. What do you want to do about this? Listen, sometimes we keep thinking, well, maybe God will do something financial, give me a breakthrough so I can get this. Probably God's already done a financial breakthrough so that you could take care of it. Preach it, Pastor Richie. So he didn't consider the problem. In other words, you have a choice to think about the problem or you have a choice to think about the, pro- the promise, all the time. You've got a choice. I'm gonna think about the problem or am I gonna think about the promise? You have a choice to be negative or to be positive about the issue that you're facing. We love being around positive people. Not so much around negative people. Pessimistic people. Glass half empty people. There's a man that his wife bought him one of those skydiving packages, and he's a very pessimistic man. Got on the plane, and the guy began to instruct him and said, well, when we get up there, you're going to jump out, count to five, and then pull the red cord. He goes, what if the chute doesn't open? He goes, man, it'll open. He goes, what if it doesn't open? He goes, it'll open. What if it doesn't open? It'll open. But if it doesn't, see the blue cord? That's your backup. Pull that one. That's your backup chute. It's going to come open. He goes, what if it doesn't come open? He goes, it'll come open. He goes, what if it doesn't come open? It'll come open. He could tell he wasn't getting anywhere. And when you land, there's going to be a truck down there that's going to pick you up and bring you back to the airport. So the man jumps out of the plane, counts to five, pulls the red cord, nothing. Pulls the red cord, nothing. Thinks, ah, back up. Grab the blue cord, pulls the blue cord, nothing. Pulls the blue cord, nothing. Finally starts thinking to himself, I bet the truck's not going to be there either. (laughs) we got to be careful. we got to keep a positive outlook on life. We have the choice to be positive or negative about anything that we're facing. But please understand, it is you that chooses that. If you keep choosing to focus on the problem, you are setting yourself up for the manifestation of the problem to keep showing up in your life. If you keep saying over your spouse, you keep saying over your children, they're never going to change. They're always going to be this way. They're always going to be mean. Don't be surprised when they don't change. Don't be surprised when they're mean. Start speaking the promise. Hey, you're a mighty man of God. I know that you just threw that thing at me, but you're still a mighty man of God. (laughs) 
And I'm glad you don't have a very good arm, but you're a mighty man of God. (laughs) Speak the promise, not the problem. Verse 19, and not being weak in the faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. Going on to verse 20, and he did not waver at the promise. You know, we, we can look at this and we can think, oh, he never had any issues or wrestling matches in his mind. I promise you, he had wrestling matches in his mind. That child did not show up instantly. He had to continue to believe, but he didn't waver, meaning that the devil wanted him to waver, but he would remind himself about the goodness of God. He considered the promise all the time. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. So again, if you consider the problem more than the promise, the result is unbelief. And how many of you know you can't receive the manifestation of the promise when you're operating in unbelief? You realize that's the only thing that stopped Jesus from doing miracles was unbelief? In fact, Hebrews 11 says this when it's talking about faith. And without faith, it's what we live followers of Jesus Christ, it's not, it's not a life of feeling. It's a life of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him, anyone who comes to God must believe. We've got to believe. We've got to believe that he exists. And not just that there is a God, but we've got to understand who our God actually is, that he's a good God, that he loves us with an everlasting love. As children of God, we're children of God. That he loves to take care of his children and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. If you're gonna listen, if you put God first in your life, he's gonna reward you. Now, growing up for me, the 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 focus was always on the earnestly seeking him. And no matter how much I was seeking God, I wasn't earnestly seeking God. And so whatever earnestly meant, that's what I thought I was always trying to attain to. No, it's about God being first resort, not the last resort. He's the first priority, not when everything else doesn't work. Then I'm going to go to God. I'm putting God first in my life. Going on in verse 20. But he was strengthened in faith. Now watch this. Giving glory to God. The Amplified Version says that he gave thanks to God. Notice Abraham's response to a negative situation. His response to a dead womb. His response to growing old. His response to a situation that looked incredibly negative. His response was, Lord, I give you praise. God, I give you praise for the promise. What's the promise? You're going to have a child. That's why the Bible says that we enter his gates with thanksgiving. We think it's we're going to enter his gates with grumbling, griping, and complaining. But we enter his gates with thanksgiving. That's why the word of God also says that in everything, give thanks. In, not for, but in the middle of everything. God, I'm thanking you. God, I don't know why this is happening to me right now, but God, I thank you that you know where I'm at. You know what I'm going through. And I thank you, God, that you've already decided to take care of me. And you've known the beginning from the end, and you know everything I'm walking to, so I can rest in you today. We give thanks. He gave thanks. Abraham made a choice to give God praise. When you come in on a Sunday morning and you didn't have a good night the night before, stayed out a little bit too late, y'all know what I'm talking about? You can still walk in here and say, God, thank you that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You can still make a choice to say, God, it's all about you. It's all about your goodness and your grace. He gave him praise and gave thanks for the promise. That's a faith response. I don't feel like it, man. I don't feel worthy. Listen, you're not ever worthy in and of yourself. You're only worthy because you're in Christ Jesus. You're worthy because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Any time your response lines up with the promise, any time your response lines up with the word of God, that's a faith response. 
Faith response is not a feeling response. Again, it's a faith response. So we want to make sure that we're lining up our responses with the promise. Followers of Jesus Christ, we want to make sure that we're lining up our our response with the word of God. That's a faith response. And it's a faith response that will release the finished work of Jesus Christ into our lives. Again, faith, that's the password. That's the way we get access. But we must respond with a faith response. Are y'all kind of catching this reoccurring theme going on? That we must respond with a faith response. A faith response that lines up with the word of God and the promises. So, what did Abraham do? He's looking at his old body. He's looking at Sarah. What did he do? He started giving glory to God and thanking God for the promise. See, I believe that when we give God glory and thanksgiving for the promise, the outcome is going to be the manifestation of the promise. Don't shout me down today. But when we give thanks to God, when we give glory to God for the promise, the outcome is going to be the manifestation of the promise. Is this making sense? Are y'all picking up what I'm laying down today? Because we keep thinking, oh God, if you just do something more, God's done everything that he's already going to do. It's a finished work. It's a completed work. We just have to learn how to tap into and drop out our line to pull out things that God has already done. The outcome is going to be according to your response. So turn to your neighbor and say, watch your response. Turn to your other neighbor and say, watch your response. Listen, I know some of you are going to be tempted to respond by how you feel. You're going to be tempted in those moments to respond by how you feel about it. You're going to be tempted to respond by what you see. You're going to be even tempted to respond by the hurt in your lives. How many of you know that hurting people hurt people? It's one of the reasons why we can operate in grace when people hurt us is because we recognize they have hurt us because they're hurting. And we've got a choice in that moment also. Our response is going to truth determine the outcome when somebody is mean to you a family member is mean to you somebody close to you is mean to you you are faced with a response do you pick up a rock and throw it back at them or do you respond in love and in kindness you get to choose your response man man i'm getting excited about this i'm telling you this is liberating Because some of you keep thinking, well, if I can just get my act together, then the favor of the Lord's going to come upon me. No, I'm telling you, you can get your act together right now by saying, I choose to respond right. I don't don't fully get all of that yet, but I'm going to start today with what I know to do. Because we keep thinking, well, if I go to church long enough and I learn enough, then I'm going to be able to respond right. No, you can start responding right today. Right now, when you're hearing the word of God, you can choose to respond right. You're going to be tempted again to go by what you feel. Your enemy, who's that? Yeah, not your spouse. Your enemy, the devil, has to get you to respond wrong. Because if he does, if he gets you to respond wrong, destruction is going to keep showing up in your life. So even when you get a bad report, and I promise you, you're going to have some bad reports. Listen, it's not because God is making things ugly in your life. It's because we live in a fallen world. There's some ugly things that happen to all of us. And when you get a bad report, when things start coming in your life wrong, you've got to live your life and respond according to the promise, not according to the problem. Your response that is going to determine your outcome. Now, you can choose to ignore this. 
You can say, you know, Pastor Richie, you live in this lofty world that really isn't real. I live in the real world. Listen, I'm telling you, we, we think sometimes worry, we think sometimes fear and anxiety and wrong response, that's just, that's real life. No, that's not real life. That's just you responding to the problem instead of to the promise. And we can choose to respond right in all situations. But just so you know, when we don't respond right, because there are probably some times when you don't respond right, don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up. Don't put yourself down and think, well, okay, I can't go to church for two weeks now because I did this, or, you know, God's not going to bless me because I've done this. Get back up and say, God, thank you that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I just learned, I just learned how I responded wrong. Therefore, I'm going to make a choice to respond right because I want some good things showing up in my life, not these ugly things that keep showing up when I'm unkind to some people around me. When I'm operating in doubt, fear, and unbelief. When I'm allowing to, myself to think about negative things that are bringing depression into my life. None of those depressing, mean, ugly, bad things are from God. We're responding wrong, and we've got to choose how to respond right. See, we want to blame God for the outcome, right? We, we want to keep blaming the devil for the outcome, but we are the ones that are determining the outcomes in our lives. So let's be aware of our responses. Let's start recognizing the way that we're responding. Do my, do my responses line up with the word of God? Do my responses line up with the promises of God? See, are you, are you beginning to see how powerful it is to live the life of faith? I'm telling you, it's the supernatural life. That word freaks us out, doesn't it? Supernatural? Does that mean I'm going to float around the room and I'm not going to be able to help it? I'm going to get stuck up there if I'm not careful? No, supernatural is God taking his supernatural favor and putting it on the natural things of our life. So we step back and we go, wow, how on earth did I get the promotion? Wow, how on earth did this healing show up in my life? Wow, how on earth did this relationship that I've been wanting to have with this person all of a sudden begin? I've been lonely for a long time and suddenly now someone's in my life that loves me. How did it happen? God put his super upon our natural. God wants to be involved in everything. He wants you to have favorite work where you get promoted when people are going, how on earth did you get promoted? Well, let me just tell you about the goodness of my God. The favor of the Lord rests upon me. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the most high God. In fact, I'm blessed and highly favored today that the blessings of the Lord, the Bible says, makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. That's how come this is happening to me because I'm telling you, I'm not smart enough. It's powerful, the word of God, when we live our lives according to the word of God. When you respond in faith, you start taking hold of what Christ has already taken hold of for you. Now here's a question I get a lot of times, but Pastor Richie, I feel so overwhelmed when I read the Bible. I read the Bible and I don't get it and I don't understand that. Listen, I understand that. And I want you to know it's okay. It really is. Don't give up on the word of God. You know, you know it's, it's the question of how do you eat an elephant? With a fork and a steak knife, right? Little cayenne pepper or something like that? No, you eat it one bite at a time, right? How do you do something that's so big, it's so overwhelming? You do it one bite at a time. And on Sundays when you hear the word of God and you think, oh, that's a promise for me. I don't know that I totally get it or believe it, but he just said that by his stripes I am healed. That's a promise for me. I'm going to write that down. You know, we can come to church and we can kind of put in our 70 minutes of kind of abiding, hanging in there till Jesus comes, and then go out and live our real lives, or we can come in going, oh man, I'm reading about my inheritance today. I'm understanding some things that Christ has provided for me today, so I'm going to take some notes, and if, if the person next to me starts talking, I'm going to say, shh, shh, I'm listening. 
I'm going to hear the word of God today because I'm not going to let you steal the word of God from me. By his stripes, you are healed. You got some lack in your life. Oh, man, that's a scripture I need to get hold of. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches, not according to the world economy, but according to his riches in Christ Jesus. When you do that, you know what you did? You just put two bullets in your gun. You can aim that at the problem and watch that problem disappear. You can begin to take hold of, again, that which Christ has already taken hold of for you. We've got to respond, though, according to the promise. We've got to choose to believe. We've got to choose to receive that God is for us. Listen, it doesn't mean that we get it perfect all the time. And, and when you, again, you respond wrong, go back and go, whoa, doing that again. I'm not doing that again. I'm not going to respond that way again. And you might respond that way again. What you'll typically find is there's some areas of our life where we respond wrong for a while, but if you'll keep saying, God, I want to respond right, let me get the word of God inside of me, the word of God that is active and alive, sharper than any two-edged sword, that it penetrates to dividing the soul and spirit, the joints and borrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The moment that I start to respond wrong, the word of God comes up, whoa, hey, you should be nice. In that moment, you might still give in to your flesh, right and be mean, but you at least have that opportunity. Now you can go, I can choose two responses here. I can do something that's going to make my flesh feel good for a moment and then feel horrible for about a day or two. Or I can make a response to get myself in alignment with the Word of God and let joy come out of me. Listen, the Bible is not a book like the tale of two cities. It's not just some historical book that's kind of cool. It's God's Word to you and I. When we get into the Word of God and the Word of God gets into us, it teaches us how to respond right. So I want to pray over you today. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Jesus Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com.